Super Dave from Frogwarts. Thank you very much for joining me for another episode of Bleeding Edge Interviews. This week is very special. So when you talk about the founding fathers of progressive rock, you're probably going to think of bands like Yes, King Crimson, Pink Floyd, and Genesis. These are the pioneers who embodied the spirit of adventure and exploration that came to really define what progressive rock is. And everything we have now started with them. And when you think of the members of Genesis who have gone on to solo careers, some of them really hugely successful, who do you think has been the most prolific of those people? Did you know it's actually Steve Hackett who has alone produced more solo albums than the rest of Genesis combined? Yeah, he is that prolific. It's the same man who inspired Eddie Van Halen to try finger tapping and add that to his techniques and thus a legion of guitar heroes who came in his wake. No small potatoes is Steve Hackett. Well, Steve has a brand new album due out February 16th entitled The Circus and the Night Whale. And it's a grand concept album that fits the progressive mold in all the best ways. I had the lucky opportunity to sit down and talk with one of the godfathers of progressive rock, Steve Hackett, formerly of Genesis, but has done much more on his own. And it was quite the fun conversation. So... Without further ado, here is my conversation with Steve Hackett. Hello, hello, Steve. How are you doing today? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Great to talk to you. It's a, an honor and a privilege to be talking to someone of uh, your influence in the world of progressive rock. So thank you very much for your time today. Pleasure. So getting into it, uh, obviously you've got the album coming out, Circus and the Night Whale. Um, yeah. Your 30th album... And it's amazing that it's number 30 and over the span of 50 years. Um, yeah. I got to wonder at times if you just look back and think, holy smokes, it's amazing how much I've done for all this time. Yeah, it's kind of strange, isn't it? You know, when you when you think about all that, um, it's, um, there we go, just, just adjusting. I don't know if I'm centered up or not, but hey, um, yeah, it's, it's, um, there's been a lot of albums, but you know, I haven't been counting them. I've just been doing what came naturally and um uh this one it seemed to write itself really hmm. um it it is autobiographical um i think it helps when you have a story that um <clears throat> is explaining the dynamic of where you're going next you've got the, the narrative to follow so yeah. it's a bit like doing music for a movie except that it's a movie for the for the ear rather than the eye although there are, are um, a couple of videos already, uh, one of which seems to be uh, attracting quite a lot of attention. I'm, I'm very pleased to say. So, um, um, yeah, so far it's got some something like a hundred thirty thousand uh, people who've seen that that first first thing, and the second one is something like eighty thousand or something like that, which is very good, I think. You know, with with a progressive audience, you know, yeah. everyone's saying, "Oh, that's a very small." niche audience well um in many ways it seems to be growing yeah. luckily for me so i think i would never disparage any genre particularly any genre that is 
basically panjara. Um, you don't know what's going to happen from one track to the next, yeah. or even in the course of one song. Music that is full of surprise, that has drama instead of just <laughs> dribbling on. Yeah, and that was what I was interested in. Many, many years ago, uh, I used it as a calling card. Um, even before I joined Genesis, there was an idea of um, waging some kind of personal crusade against stagnant music, stagnant music forms. And so I've, I've tried to live up to that, and um, it's got me into a lot of trouble over the years, but it's also opened a lot of doors as well. So um, um, anything that's groundbreaking, mold-breaking, I think there's there's a, there's a price for that. I, I think you have to be um, unpopular to be popular. I think there's a certain amount of breaking through resistance mm. and swimming against the tide, all of these, all of these things. And um, I always feel as though I'm just starting out, which is a, a very strange thing for someone who's into their seventies to say, but uh, that's how I, I, I see it, you know? Yeah. That's an amazing thought to, to feel like you're starting out. I guess that's that have that sense of freshness despite the yeah. time that you put into it uh, to continually yeah. feel fresh, I imagine, is very invigorating. Well, it, it is, but I, I still get very excited about um, the, th the, the two things that I can play with some degree of fluidity, which is uh, guitar and harmonica, those two things that I grew up with. And um, I, I don't I don't always get the harmonica out, but um, whenever it does, I find it's usually able to do something very atmospheric or, or even spectacular because it could be overdriven and can be as exciting as, as guitar, if you want, if that's your uh, your intention. So um, I'm a big Paul Butterfield fan. Mm. So... Um, um, if I mentioned his name to English people, they don't know what you're talking about. But fortunately, Americans um, had some idea yeah. about you know the power of that guy, and of course, to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame along with his band posthumously, in um, several cases, was quite something because I was a huge fan for years, and I think it's just great that that America has that. Um, the facility, that yeah. idea of celebrating people. Sometimes it's just the writers of, of things that get um, celebrated. So yeah. that's um, awfully good, I think. Yeah. So I do understand the album is is a, is a grand conceptual album, and as you just mentioned, it's got that autobiographical leaning. Talk about that a little bit. What are the parts of it that that represent your life experience well the opening track people of the smoke is i'm just looking at, at the track listing here as we're talking yeah. um i was born in 1950 in in london and uh london was a very polluted smoky um steam driven affair um homes were heated by coal-fired Ferdicis. um so uh, um, London was millions of chimneys all spewing it up into the, into the atmosphere. It was also a very busy place. Um, so we start off with a few samples of, of 
radio from 1950, a little bit of a newscast, uh, one or two ads. Um, there was a thing called uh, a Pathé News that always started off with a cockerel in the middle crowing. And, um, we go heteroplaning through that, which is radio being tuned in and out to give you the idea of, of that. And there's a video that has a kind of countdown as old movies used to go, you know, the numbers count down and all of that sort of old black and white world. So it's a very noir kind of track once more for me. Um, and I like to think it's full of, of surprises. It's got um, it's got some rocky moments. It's got some pre-rock and roll moments. It's also got some industrial moments. Um, essentially, I think it's heavy metal in spirit. But um, um, but I, but I think it's I think I think it's metal with with a difference, you know, with intention, um, not just the thrash, but to uh, to frame it in a different way so right at the beginning we have radio which then becomes something that was a british show called listen with mother radio show and um the dulcet tones of a very patronizing woman would say are you sitting comfortably and then there'd be a long pause and then i'll begin um that was the way children were 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 being addressed um of course, there's a baby. There's a baby's cry, so yeah. the baby is not feeling comfortable, and we extend the baby's cry, which then becomes a steam train that um, starts to speed up. Um, and when that reaches full speed, it's 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 the right speed for the orchestra, which is incoming, the um, um, string orchestra. We tried using various instruments on that, and um, Originally, I wrote that on guitar, but it sounded best with the string orchestra. So we went with that. Then it gives over to rock bands. So you get all these different sort of levels of um, um, almost like a multi-plane camera. I'm thinking of Disney here, but I'm thinking also that you know the way of framing a piece of music. Um, I think ever since the Beatles kicked off Sergeant Pepper is a pop group or a rock band with an orchestra tuning up instead, a sort of mock a yeah. mock um, concert at, at the Royal Albert Hall. It seems as if it's the the intention with uh, with Pepper's. I, and I've been racking my brains for years to think, how can I start an album in a different kind of way? Um, and finally, I thought, I'll do it with this. We'll use actual radio. We use an actual newscast, um, but just little moments of it. And then we're away on the journey, which is the life journey and, and the description of of what London was like and my impressions as a young child and playing on bomb sites. And, um, um, it was my wife, Jo, who came up with the line, um, a hanging at dawn as a baby is born or while a baby is born and uh, I thought well, that's a bit strong you know but actually that was that was how it was so it was pretty pretty strong stuff um, in a sense it's a protest song but it's a protest song of the way the world was then so yeah. it's the war that 
rock and roll waged upon the old world, the world of empire and um, acquiescence and doing as you were told and and all the dreadful things that the British Empire foisted upon poor, unfortunate other countries such as India, etc. Of course, the irony is that the Genesis guys, when they were when they were raised and bring been brought up, the private school that they attended, they were being taught to be either a captain of industry or the next prime minister or the next viceroy of India. They were still very much no. uh, empirical thinking. Empire, this was, yeah. you know, empire builders. Uh, rock and roll was not really on the agenda. But I digress slightly. <laughs> um, it moves on. Uh, the next track is These Passing Clouds, which speaks for itself. It's really um, almost like a kind of powder cleanser. The... Um, it's the instrumental. Right. It's in the style of many instrumentals that I've done that goes got a slightly kind of French. Um there are chord sequence to it, but it's melodic. I've deliberately kept it short so that we can recapitulate that theme on acoustic guitar later on. Acoustic guitar and strings. Um then we've got Taking You Down. This is really about a character that I knew when I was a kid. Uh, nine years old, one of my friends had a problem with his with his leg. All we were told was that he had a, a bruised hip bone. But hmm. I elected to be his minder, his his um, his looker after, and I pushed him around in a wheelchair. We shared lots of music, shared lots of things. Wow! Um, uh, but he was um, quite an extraordinary character. He already um, nine years old. Um, he was already teaching me to smoke, uh, to play, to play poker. Um, to all intents and purposes, he was as unlike a child as anyone you could meet. Of nine years old, he was already making the adult world jump to his tune. But he was also, I think, quite bitter in many ways. He did recover. Yeah, but um, uh, but God knows what he's doing now. He's probably either in prison or or running a. A small country somewhere, um, and that's taking you down. It was, you know, one of those things where you get the feeling that you're apparently your best friend has turned on you because you're not cool enough, etc. You know that. Yeah, that's that's school friends for you. Um, found and lost. The, the, the next track is really about um, my first romantic adventure, the first <laughs> my first girlfriend. Um, it's kind of in a bluesy style. It's a little vignette, um, which acts as a as a as a kind of hors d'oeuvre for the track would enter the ring. Now this um relates to things taking off for me musically. Right. Um aspirational stuff and um um the aspect of musical chairs. Um joining Genesis, there are various references to this in symbolic terms, but then um, the track becomes more claustrophobic as it moves into um, other areas where you get the sense of a sort of grotesque fairground and things going wrong and a, um, a kind of almost a kind of mazurka that was going berserk out of control and um, the more negative aspects of um, being controlled um, within a band by 
others. Um, I wanted to work outside the group, and um, that basically wasn't going to be on offer. If I did that, then I was going to have to pay the price, which I did, and I left. And so we're into the the next one, um, into the ring, which is um, quite a lot of these these tracks are really about. I say I was into the ring was 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 the positive side of yeah. turning professional. Um, get me out is is another kind of another kind of dance of death really that's a kind of a slow um yeah it's it's a kind of dance of death um it's very bluesy but it's again it's very grotesque and it's got some shredding on it um ghost moon and living love is really um it's a love song yeah which is about finding the lady that i'm married to and the difficulties we encountered as a married couple because there were pressures both personal and right and and a business that were surrounding all of that um let me say if i might as well that yes. track in particular was a standout for me, listening through the album the first couple of times, the the vocal harmonies on that oh. were just beautiful, absolutely oh, no, gorgeous. I'm glad you like that. And, and the lady who who sings um, harmonies along with me on that, as she does on several of the other tracks, is Amanda Lehman, oh. and um, she sounds really, really wonderful on that. In fact, it starts off with something musically. Um, I was on the uh, swamps in Louisiana on a, on a, on, a, on a trip to um, New Orleans at one point, and I I was on the swamps when there was a storm, and I swallowed quite a lot of the the uh, the water in the swamps, which great for uh, great for the for the gators, not so great for 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 me, and I I was sick as an old for for um, for about two weeks. And it wasn't until I hit New York and I had this wonderful dream. I had this beautiful music, a woman's voice singing as if from heaven. Mm. And I felt the clouds of pain literally part while I was still asleep because I was still in pain when I was sleeping. And um, I just remembered this lovely piece of music and Amanda sang that. So it starts in a spectacular way vocally, I think. And it was just, it was just a gift that was... Uh, given to me, I, I'm glad you like that track very much because yeah. it's, 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 it's very romantic, and um, I'm aware that progressive audiences um, seem to be able to take no end of um, war and carnage and difficult, impenetrable forms and difficult things to digest and tricky time signatures. But if you give, if you give a love song, um, that might be, you know. Um, Considered way off limits. Well, nonetheless, uh, one persists with, you know, something that Joe said to me the other day. She said, yeah, you know, you're covering um, full rant to full romance. And I thought that's that's really where I'm, I'm coming from. You know, I love gentle, loving, romantic music. And I love um, the other kind of thing where you're... Um, where guitars are screaming and yeah. and 
and tapping and 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 doing all those angst-ridden things. Right. Um, next track, Circo Inferno, which really refers again, you know, to the tussle for the difficulties of establishing uh, breakout. Really, is the idea that yes, I've got to cut ties and I I need to be with this woman for good or ill. Um, um, all at sea, I think. Um, describes pretty much the thing. See, the idea of the night whale, which comes next, was really the idea of being at one's lowest ebb and having to having to make having to make a jump, a, a leap of faith. Really, yeah, wouldn't be the first time that things have been swallowed by whales, whether it's Jonah or or um. Um, I'm just looking at the album sleeve here. This this thing here. That's a small version of it because I don't have any. Uh, right. But a circus being <laughs> swallowed by by a, by a whale. Yeah. Um, it's great artwork. It's really striking. Yeah. It's. It's. I think it's. I think it's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to to getting a full size. Um, although I love the sound of CD, in terms of artwork, to have vinyl full size. Yeah. That'll be very interesting. So. The Night Whale, again, is really um, uh, things at their lowest ebb and are sort of having made that leap of faith and risking everything, you may get swallowed up and spat out and that's it, or you know, facing your deepest, darkest fears. But at the end of it, if you come out of it, you come out stronger. And that's the idea. So we go from that hellish thing into... Um, uh, something which is rather more heavenly and again it becomes a love song and the sense of that is is continued through wherever you are which again you know very much it's a cross between a, a love song um so you've got that that paradox a love song and a rock song all in one luckily fans that have heard it because it's just been released as a single the second right. single Luckily, so far, people like it. You know, we we were very worried about this, but um, you know, the proggers don't like love songs. <laughs> but we hope to change their mind. Um, then White Dove Brinny is right at the end, a nylon guitar yeah. piece, uh, which is done um, in Andalusian style. Um, in a sense of resolution, I like to think, and pairing it right down to, well, this is me on my own guitar. This is what we do. We're not really relying on arrangements and orchestras and and, and, and all the other all the other things. It, it's it's the song of the guitar. So I'm I'm very happy with that. I I I actually love the album. I I deliberately didn't play to myself for quite some time afterwards because when you're working flat out on something I don't know about you but um, you get so close to it you really can't hear it anymore and um, and then when I got a little bit of feedback from people I thought oh they seem to like this you know this is um, this is good no one has heard the entire album yet the most people have heard is apart from professionals right. um, uh, but audiences fans have, have, have had two tracks so far so far it's all thumbs up and i yep. think there's going to be a third one that's going to come out we're 
a little bit undecided as to what that that should be, but there's quite a lot of high energy stuff on the album. We we don't want it to go to sleep uh, for too long, if you know what I mean. Gotcha. Yeah. From what I've heard, it's it's a really really fine album, and it's as you described, it's got surprises. It's got a lot of different varieties of music and styles, and hearing you describe that autobiographical angle of it, it's it represents your career in many ways as a whole because you've just you've done so many different things over the years clearly you're not one to stand pat in just one area for very long in many ways no i i was thinking about that years ago you know the idea of 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 um before genesis that music had become very stagnant it seems that um I was seeing a lot of bands that seemed to be running out of ideas, and I thought, hold on a minute, you know, we've got to go right back to 1967 and 1966, where the Beatles were were releasing um, Revolver back to back with Sgt. Pepper, and it it seemed as if um, uh, they were no longer doing... um, romantic songs necessarily that was part of it yeah. love songs but um they'd moved on um, and i wouldn't have been able to use the term at the time but somebody described my music as pan genre and um i thought you know this is good yeah if there's a single word maybe it means that it's perhaps inclusive music in that there might be nothing that i that I won't touch, um, right. but um, I don't think I've done any country yet. But I don't know if there's such a thing as country prog. I guess right. maybe the nearest thing might have been Inside and Out by right. uh, Genesis. The second half of it, you know, a little bit of country style picking on it. But um, um, there's there's so much to do, and it, it always seems like starting out. So. Um, I guess, you know, I, I do get very fired up by um, two types of guitar, one of which is electric, doing the pyrotechnics of that, yeah. you know, the um, the scream machine that is a modern electric guitar playing, um, wonderfully exciting. Right. Uh, but then to be... Um, seduced by the romantic sound of the nylon guitar being well played um that in itself is a kind of like a mini a mini orchestra if you get it right you can get so many tones out of that and make it sound so big if it if it's treated properly not every piece is going to do that but yeah um no. with judicious use of um reverbs and different tones um there's a famous piece by enrique granados called la marca de goya tonadilla la marca de goya after the painting of goya it's it's a naked woman it was a it was a um a scandal at the time of the painting but the piece of music is absolutely stellar uh, i think it was your who came up with the arrangement originally for guitar and segovia recorded it and um it's 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 beyond spectacular it's as if the notes go in all sorts of mm. 
uh, directions and you can't believe that you're just listening to one instrument. Uh, that's amazing. So I ended up recording that on Melbourne Contribute many years ago, but I think that's the one piece that I think, if anything, shows the colours of what the uh, the guitar can do. Um, that's the one. It's um, it's 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 so beautiful. Uh, you get this deliberate sense of disconnect. It's not a one horse trick. It's yeah. uh, it's it's a kind of waltz. It's almost a lullaby. It's 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 very lovely. Uh, but then, you know, my I guess my passion for nylon is is uh, is well known. I started using it with Genesis nylon guitar on a couple of things, and I thought, no one's using nylon in rock and roll. Um, I'll do this. And then I, I noticed that um, other people were taking up the challenge. Later on, um, Madonna, Sting, their use of nylon, and right. um, to popularize it outside of either a classical or a flamenco yeah. context, um, I thought, yeah, um, job done. Um, we could do more of this in the future. Yeah. Change people's minds about uh, that's not really a rock instrument, is it? No, but it leaves space yeah. for other other things. It leaves space for the voice. That's for sure. Yeah, and that's to us uh, as fans our benefit that you have had such passion for really all aspects of the guitar because you know we're blessed with being able to <laughs> witness your skill and talent with all of it I've, I've seen you live and it's impressive every single time so you know thank goodness well, you I'm did that. thank goodness you inspired other people to do the same well, i'm glad you've enjoyed that um it's it's been an amazing journey for me the journey with it within music it's always been my my constant companion and and rescuer Right. It's been a, an extraordinary thing, and so I feel very blessed to to have had that. My father was um, very capable musically, and he passed that on to me. He he was a very gifted, sweet man, and um, one of the things he he passed on, probably about the only thing that I I was able to do, other than. The other twenty things that he could do to a professional standard, well, such as soccer and cricket and many other things, well, he was very, very gifted. Um, but the one thing I, I, um, I picked up on was was harmonica from him, and then uh, he was the one who gave me my first guitar. He brought one back from Canada. Um, I was eventually able to just about get my arms around it when I was twelve, and I didn't really look back. After that, it was it was an important, uh, very very important gift. Yeah, sounds like wow, it's amazing. Now, I want to be mindful of our time because I know I don't have a time to talk to you. I'd be happy to. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I know you've also got a tour coming up next yes. year, or not next year. Now it's this year. After forgetting it's twenty twenty four already. There's where my yes. mind is. That's right. Um, Tell us about that a little bit. As I understand, uh, you've been doing your series of, of basically uh, celebrations, so to speak, of fiftieth uh, year milestones for Genesis albums. And yes, here we're talking about yep. the Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Yep. Well, uh, the Lamb Lies Down one is going to be uh, uh, later. We, 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 first of all, I'm because I'm on COVID catch up. 
I'm still doing Foxtrot. In, so for the, for the areas that I'm going back to, we're, we're fulfilling that commitment. Sometimes these things have ended up being three years delayed because yeah. of COVID. Um, but um, the land will follow later on. That's the thing. So I'm still doing Foxtrot, which to my mind, you know, Foxtrot plus solo stuff. Um, some things from the new album, um, some older solo things as well. Um, for me, Foxtrot and all the Genesis revisited stuff, there seems to be a golden period with, with, with early Genesis, the years 72 to 73, where we, we did um, Foxtrot, followed by Selling England by the Pound. And that's from a time when John Lennon um, started doing interviews and giving us name checks. And um, no. one of the lovely things he said was that he considered Genesis to be true sons of the Beatles. And um, so I would say, you know, um, uh, I don't think praise could come from any higher quarter as far as I'm concerned. Although I have to, I have to say, I had something lovely the other day. Um, it was something that Jimmy Webb signed for me because I said some lovely things. I said some nice things about Jimmy Webb. I said yeah. I was a huge fan of Jimmy Webb's work, and and so were the rest of Genesis. And he sent me something. Um, so I've got his signature on um, on something, and I've never met him, but I I think we had, you know, the the four great writers. It seems to me we had Lennon, McCartney, Dylan. And we had, you know, Jimmy Webb, um, and somehow, you know, what those guys didn't do is almost not worth talking <laughs> about. You know, um, so um, uh, that was that was it. You know, to aspire to to be able to play occasionally pieces of Bach, and occasionally to be able to write material. Was up to that standard. That's what we, that's what we aspired to do. Of course, you know, um, you have your mentors. You have things, songs that just jump out at you, where they become part of your life. And you think nobody writes bittersweet stuff and lost love like Jimmy Webb. Um, that's it. You know, it's um, and and the template for much progressive stuff that followed after the stunning seven or eight minute single that was MacArthur Park um, mm. when that first came out. I think those lessons weren't lost or that opportunity was lost on Genesis. So the Genesis epics, I think, stem from that. Then, I, of course, I was um, the one who came up with the idea that we should do a really long form song. So that became Supper's Ready. I thought we could do that and do it. If we had all the bells and whistles, we could do it live. If we had the lights, we had sound effects, we had this, that, and the other, you know, that, then we could do something that would engage the audience. But you do need everything going for it. I think you need some aspect of a visual thread to be able to take people forward with the narrative. And that's been that's been a constant challenge for me, especially with new stuff when I write tried to make um, this album you know a great long piece of music running consecutively thereby disqualifying myself from any any airplay by by DJs because they hate 
<laughs> they, they hate segues. Hey, I really hate that, Steve, when, when fans do that. Why do you do that kind of stuff? Well, it's because some of us like long form and and we figured that we are going to get radio play anyway. It doesn't fit into a radio format. I, yeah. I don't want to fit into a nice, easy niche here. So um, I'm up for long form if if the material warrants it. Yeah, yeah why not? And I and clearly there there has been and as you noted it seems like it's growing recently. There's an audience for that. There is yes. an audience for yeah. seeing artists who are not going to keep themselves restrained to a certain genre or a certain style or a, or a certain approach to how they write their songs. Yeah, and uh, the fact that you know you continue to carry that torch, yeah, um, is one of those things that's wonderful for the young folks coming up that yeah. are looking for examples. I think people get tired of formula um, and 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 they can spot it, you know, with, yeah. whether it's the breakfast bass drum that is annoying you in your hotel or um, something else, you know. Um, it's very rare that I'll hear a piece of music when I'm out and I think, wow, that's really good. Who the hell's that? Yeah. You know? Um, but every now and again, there's something that breaks the mold, and you think, "Yeah, you know, this is this is doing for me what film music does for you on on screen. Um, it's it's the other voice, the other script, the subtext. It's coming through. You can have a frame, and yet, of course, how you respond to that." All depends on the music. Is it going to be spooky? Is it going to be jaunty? Is it going to? Um, where's it going to take you? Um, so, I'll borrow from all these, you know, all, all, all the movie stuff from from horror stuff from um, just about downright everything. You know, uh, nothing should be off limits. So, I think the word pangenre, which is a bit of a mouthful, inclusive music. If only there was something that was better than the word prog. Prog has no poetry to it, unfortunately, but jazz has more poetry than, than the term prog, but it's sort of it's a bit like jazz with balls, isn't it, somehow? <laughs> a jazz with surprise. <laughs> Good description. And I have to wonder when when you are in the mode of playing the old music, so to speak, your stuff from fifty years ago. Yeah, I mean, over the years, I certainly have to imagine that you have continued to to broaden and refine and and expand your own musical and and technical palette. How much of 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 uh, temptation is it at times to start to tinker with arrangements for that music? Well, I don't know. Do you mean new music or old old stuff? Well, uh, meaning when you when you are playing the the old Genesis live, yeah, and you look at it through the lens of how you make and and play music now, yeah. I got to wonder um, at times if you go back and you go, you know, I could have done that slightly better here. I'm going to change this up, or if you are oh, yeah. leave it as it was, mostly out of you know consideration for the fans who expect to hear it note for note. Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, I got moments of. Genesis guitar work where I think the line was okay, but 
the sustain died on me, and um, and so now playing a Fernandez guitar, um, it's got feedback on board. So mm. if you want, you can el eliminate percussion and decay, and just have the note in the middle. Um, uh, tracks such as Chamber of Thirty Two Doors. I on the re-record of that on the second Genesis Revisited album. Um, I kicked it off with nylon, um, which wasn't on the original. And uh, we had an orchestra's worth of uh, strings. And then there was a happy accident one day where we were playing back the strings, but it was also playing back the strings in reverse. And it made it sound like it was much more symphonic. So there's a symphonic section's worth of strings that come in um, playing the same lines that keyboard was playing back in the day it was mellotron strings and rmi piano through a phaser uh, which um was lovely in its own way and of its time but essentially i think the 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 harmonies were classical and i i thought it, it deserved full orchestra so the first revisited album i did had genuine orchestra Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, sometimes Mellotron and Orchestra playing together. We we, we have all of that. The kitchen sink, in other words, mm. everything. Um, on this one, Chamber of 32 Doors kicks it off, and um, I got to do the guitar work so that it would sustain as much as the vocal. It was much more under control, and um, I played the same lines pretty much, but then I did accompaniment to the verses. Um, some of those moments where everything's very, very stark, and I took out everything, but I had a few um, harmony guitars way off in the distance um, going through fuzzbox or model equivalent of that, a line six thing, and um, I just wanted to sound eerie. There's these guitars hanging there, um, like a sort of distant, distant threat. Um, I guess you know. I'm thinking of the influence of Peter Gabriel, who was largely responsible for that track and some of the things that he did later on. You know, by the time he was doing his third album, he was sometimes having things that were very distorted, but very far off and way off in in effect. So I was bringing, if you like, old Genesis and new Genesis together. Old thinking and new thinking, old song, new, new clothes, new, new little bit of, of, of new arrangement on it. Other things were absolutely classic, and I wanted to keep that. The piano, the slightly country feel of um, the chorus on that on on that song. Um, but yeah, when you when you when you go back, sometimes it's it can be very difficult to change guitar solos that were, were deliberately written. Sure. Um, I remember my brothers and I having conversations about this, about a solo will be better if you write it. Um, up to then, I'd been a, a blues man, and I thought, well, you just do a different solo every time, but this was okay. I can give it a melody. And then when you come to do a, a re-record decades later, you think, actually, I can't afford not to do this melody. Perhaps I can extend the song, right? 
uh, perhaps I can take it to the mountains at the end, like at the end of Supper's Ready, and have the recognizable phrases for song, but then, as I say, take it off somewhere else to the mountains and let it let it fly that way. So, yeah, there, there can be changes. Um, I think that particularly the, uh, the music of Genesis from this era that I was talking about uh, often benefits from having um, a sympathetic, symphonic take on it. Right. Um, keyboards that aspired to be orchestras can now be can now be orchestras. Yeah. Um, um, so many things can be done. We had a limited amount of of tracks in the old days. Now, yeah, yes. Um, uh, Roger King will sometimes turn to me and say. I think we've got three hundred tracks on this on this track, and um, I I said to him, "Well, whose fault's that? You know, yours or mine?" <laughs> and he says, "Well, you know, what you used to do when you used to have a couple of beats on a tambourine, that would share a track right. at some point, and you'd punch that in back in analog days. But now, of course, pretty much every track has got has got an orchestra's worth of of things going on." Not an orchestra that you might recognise every time, but lots of lots of detail, lots of layers, um, and I I love what that does. But there there are times on this new album I I've paired it back. I pretty much uh, Ghost Mode and Living Love. We start to take things out actually at the end and just have you'd be surprised. But it's just one guitar and a bit of auto harp, um, uh, as well as the vocal harmonies because less is more it seems if you want to give something vocal priority intimacy um, the more you add perhaps the more you're sub subtracting in a way from mm -hmm. that central focus yeah uh, what they call it addition through subtraction sometimes yes yeah 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 I, I I, I love hearing the scope of the the cinematic approach you have to to music. I I, I am a musician wannabe in heart. Oh. Never never quite found the dedication and time to to actually become what one would consider to be proficient at a at a instrument, but have always been very fascinated and uh, interested in those who do. So I, I always enjoy well, hearing about the process. Thank you very much. Watching yeah, people my work. My device is is saying that there's ten percent battery remaining. Unfortunately, the device was used for other things. Uh, <laughs> oh, gotcha. And, and we we plugged it in literally half an hour before before <laughs> this to give it. But, but I do apologise if it suddenly I'm in the middle of something and it's and no worries. And the answer to the meaning of the universe is. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I really, again, thank you very, very much for your thank time you. today. It's been an absolute uh, delight talking with you. Uh, yes. Certainly one of, uh, as I call you, the one of the godfathers of Prague. So it's it's been a great thing. Uh, I uh, wish you the best with the album. I wish you the best with the tour. I seems to me you enjoy traveling. So I, I, I hope the touring is fun for you. Uh, always, yeah. Uh, traveling is fun. Uh, it's, 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 it's kind of what drives us, you know, living out of a suitcase. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That can be tricky at times, but yeah. um, audiences give so much back. So uh, it's 
it's a pleasure to do it believe me wonderful and it's a pleasure for us to be able to see you do it so great on behalf of the fans sir thank you very much sir take care thank you. and uh have a wonderful day absolutely wonderful love you talking to you thank you thank you all take the best care. ciao just what a thrill it was for me to have that conversation with one of the people who created the basis, the foundation for all progressive rock and metal and exploratory and experimental music we hear these days and inspired a legion of guitar players in his wake. Steve Hackett, what a wonderful conversation. Just listening to him talk the way musicians talk about the ideas and the expansive ways that they try to get their music across and everything. Just an absolute thrill and easily could have let that go on for a couple of hours and I would have been happy as a clam. But I just want to take a moment and express my sincere gratitude, Mr. Steve Hackett, for taking the time to talk to me, for giving me the opportunity to pick your brain just a little bit and uh, spend a little time with one of the founding fathers of Progressive Rock. It was indeed my pleasure. I wish you the best with the album. I hope the tour is hugely successful. I look forward to seeing you when you come around this way again because I know you'll be around in one of your favorite venues. It's four miles down the road from me. Very cool. So I look forward to that, and I hope it's all wonderful for you and you enjoy the travels along the way. Meanwhile, if you are guys out there watching, thank you for your time. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoy what I'm doing, hit the like, hit the subscribe, follow along, hit the bell if you want to be notified. That would all be wonderful. You can check out my social media links in the description below, as well as the link to my Live 365 channel, which is all progressive rock all the time, featuring Brain Salad Sundays, where it's nothing but 60s and 70s era progressive rock all back to the roots every Sunday. And meanwhile, if you enjoy listening, you can dig out my back catalog of interviews. Just check out Bleeding Edge interviews wherever you get podcasts. That's all I have for you now. Remember, don't be afraid to deviate from the norm. Keep it proggy. This is Super Dave, signing off. Stop.